to Human Dreaming, the podcast for curious dreamers. Francis Berry, welcome to Human Dreaming. Hello. So great to have you today. Um, so we're going to go a little bit of a different direction today and be talking about aspirational dreams, which are the kind of dreams that we um, we make up in our minds when we're awake, things that we want to see happen and um, and how the, the steps that you take to get there to make that to make that happen in your life. So um, I really appreciate you being here and sharing all about your aspirational dreams. Of course, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, and just so our listeners know, um, Francis and I knew each other when we both lived in LA and we had a whole circle of mutual friends. And then we ended up going to the same hypnotherapy college together. So we have um, a similar background in the subconscious mind. So I'm very excited to get to talk about that with somebody who is on the same page. Yeah, indeed. Be nice to catch up too. Yeah. So um, just a couple of questions to get going. Do you have any sort of like uh, inner or subconscious motto, a, a looping thought or something that goes through your mind most frequently throughout the day? Yeah, yeah. I think, um, you know, a, a subconscious thought that I have is envisioning myself as a juggler. You know, I have so many different pieces to my, my life and my day, whether it's between my day job or, you know, my creative endeavors that I, I really try to focus more on. Um, and really just this, this internal vision of, of just juggling balls, you know, like apples or maybe sometimes they're fruit, sometimes they're, they're like bouncy balls. But, um, and each each object is one of the pro, one of the entities of my life that I'm trying to contribute energy to, and I think um, you know sometimes I do drop the balls right, and mm-hmm. when I'm disorganized and you know just visualizing myself you know picking them up, I think that's a constant internal thought that I do have a lot in terms of just trying to keep my life going right. You know, my my life and I'm sure other people's lives are a series of of different pieces to a bigger puzzle right and we're all just trying to juggle and fit everything in and instead of trying to feel overwhelmed by all the different things going on i try to feel more in 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 control i guess of those items which is hence the juggler mentality that's really interesting so are you actually visually seeing that or is it more words that go through your mind when you're having this experience i would say it's um words or uh, yeah, it's maybe a combination of both. Actually, I don't envision like a, a clown in a circus juggling, but I envision myself actually um, just putting on different different ma- masks, essentially, right, to get through these various things. Just because a lot of the things that I have going on in my life require a different mindset, mm-hmm. and just being able to switch to different masks and mindsets to to accommodate whatever I'm going through, whether it's a project or a conference call for my day job, mm-hmm. or whether it's you know. I'm trying to scout a location for one of my experimental films that I'm working on. I have a different mindset that I can put on and I visual, I envision myself with that mindset mask before I jump into that thing. Oh, that's really interesting. So do you actually juggle? Like, are you able to juggle? Is that the skill? Uh, no, okay. I have terrible dexterity. Um, 
hand-eye coordination is not great either. But, you know, I'd rather be, you know, a mental juggler than a physical juggler just because, you know, I think being able to juggle five different tasks in your head might be a little bit more valuable than juggling five apples in your hands. Sure. Yeah, well, that's really interesting. That does surprise me, though, that you would say that you don't have good hand-eye coordination or dexterity, having seen that you're fairly athletic. Yeah, yeah, I'd say I'm more of, um, you know, direct contact athletics are usually my go-to, right? Like, I, growing up, I was terrible with basketball, baseball, but, you know, I was a wrestler, and I could break dance, so maybe just being more mm-hmm. physically in contact with things has been my go-to oh, in life. Yeah, there's always new skills of yours that I'm finding out about. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Yeah, you know, life is a, a never-ending journey of acquiring skills and knowledge. That's just yeah. my opinion. I love it. So you mentioned experimental films and um, these projects that you are doing. You're living in New York now. And I would love to hear more about the experimental films and what else you're working on. And also in the context of where it's coming from in your subconscious mind and what your conscious and subconscious processes are with your art form or art form. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So, um, Really, it starts off with an idea, right, which can come from anywhere. Um, this current film that I'm working on, I picked up a pamphlet in Central Park, which was like a, some sort of religious pamphlet about essentially a, um, a man who worked at a restaurant who had problems with alcohol. And all his son wanted was tiny, a pair of tiny shoes. And, you know, um, he instead of getting the tiny shoes for his son, he would frequently fall into the bad habit of going to the bar with friends and getting drunk and waking up in the park wasted and no money. Mm. And so I had an idea of this, um, turning this into an experimental film in a sense that I'm going to create different scenes and visuals of a per- one single person just trying to get through the day, even though they have different, you know, vices. Um, and really a lot of the shots and writing that I've come across for this is been envisioned in my head while listening to music actually I think music really stimulates my subconscious um, I'm the type of listener that I don't really listen to lyrics that much because when I listen to music I have my own storyline going on in my head mm. in the form of pictures and words and so I don't remember the song I was listening to exactly that came up with some of the initial scenes for this film I'm working on but it was enough to help me get the visuals and the story in my head to write it down on paper at first before you know translating into a script um and yeah it's just i've been trying to expose myself to a lot of the content that i'd like to make right so you know specific filmmakers that i'm interested in um looking at a lot of photography books because i feel like a lot of that content seeps into my subconscious and then randomly in the middle of the night i'll get an idea for a shot that has taken some inspiration from the uh, you know the photo books and films I've watched in the past couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there's a lot of definitely envisioning. Um, I feel like when you're making any kind of film, whether it's experimental or, you know, the traditional sense, um, there's definitely some form of internal dreaming going on in, in everybody's head, right? Because you have to visualize um, what you want to shoot. And, you know, it's weird because everything I've done, everything I've dreamed in my head, before making a film has always been different than what the output is. There's so many different factors externally that affect 
that original internal dream of the vision of the film that makes sense yeah yeah it absolutely does and it sounds like you get inspiration from some forms of daydreaming and and then also you said that inspiration can come in the middle of the night as well um, yeah absolutely yeah so a lot of a lot of stuff coming up from the subconscious which is really interesting um so you were telling me about architecting a four-year plan in one year which i think is fascinating and i feel like if anybody can do it you can um being that you are such a good juggler of things and a taskmaster. Um, but without getting necessarily into the details, could you tell me a little bit about your strategy for implementing, you know, that we'll just call it a dream, that aspirational dream, like of achieving this goal in a compressed amount of time? Like, are you, you know, using self-hypnosis, going to see a hypnotherapist? Um, you know, do you have it written down? Are you vision boarding? Tell me a little bit about that process. At the core, you know, I, I think the foundation of myself and everything I do at the core is built on hypnosis, um, hypnotherapy, right? I see a hypnotherapist monthly to get um, a strong foundational mindset around efficiency and, um, and just staying on track. And it's just, I can't even explain mm -hmm. the techniques, I guess that's, you know, kind of the beauty of it. But that's my core foundation um, because ideally trying to fit four years into one is a crazy thing if you think about it. Mm -hmm. And from a traditional sense, if you told someone off the street that you were trying to fit four years of planning in one year so that the next three years would be, you know, a little bit more free for you, they'd probably think you're a little bit crazy, right? But, um, you know, I, I think part of any great idea is that sometimes it sounds crazy at first. So um, seeing a hypnotherapist to talk about some of these ideas, to externalize them, help me also process them. And what I really want is really the core, the foundation of me trying to do whatever I want to do. Um, and then a lot of self-hypnosis as well, too. Um, I, I'm in the camp of, of you know, doing some self-hypnosis after lunch. Mm -hmm. listening to pre-recorded tapes specifically around um, efficiency, time management, mm -hmm. being the master of your own life, I think is one of the biggest um, affirmations that I've really been living on for the last two to three years, mm -hmm. just because it's really easy to feel like you're in no control of your life. Um, but once you have control and mastery over, over your life, even just parts of your life, um, I believe that anything's possible, right? So I was really trying to get an initial mastery of my own life through self-hypnosis with the continuous affirmation of myself being the master of my own life um, and being very efficient. And then after that, you know, it's cool. a lot of time management, right? It's a lot of juggling, um, fitting in multiple projects that pay in, in one time frame that would be probably best allocated for one project. Mm -hmm. um, I do stickies to keep myself in track. You know, um, a lot of the stuff that I do do to reach this goal is really subconscious. You know, I don't do a lot of planning. I don't do a lot of, I, my calendar is mostly just for meetings. Um, I don't do any appointments or tasks or reminders because um, the foundation is already there, right? Um, the house are built, um, the air conditioning works, right? You know, it's just, I'm on autopilot at this point. I'm trusting my subconscious. Um, exercise, 
helps a lot too. Just mm-hmm. it, I'm extremely busy during the day, but I always try to find time to do two things, three things, eat lunch, exercise, and self-hypnosis. And at the end of the day, even if I don't reach these astronomical goals, um, at least I have those three things, you know, healthy diet, physical exercise, and a healthy mind from self-hypnosis. And that's really all that matters in the end of the day, you know, um, to me, at least. And I, I hope that answered your question. Yes, it does. That was, that was a brilliantly answered. So it sounds to me like you have your, your foundational of nutrition and uh, your foundation of nutrition, exercise, and self-hypnosis. But also you mentioned something super important, which was trusting your subconscious. So that doesn't necessarily automatically happen for people you know, right away, it's a process. So you've put in the work, it sounds like, to get to the point where you can just put things on autopilot by going to see your hypnotherapist, by doing daily practice of self-hypnosis. Is that accurate? Yes, yeah, it is, absolutely. It's definitely a lot of work, right? It's not an overnight thing. Um, Certainly. I mean, I've been doing self-hypnosis five years. And even before that, I was deep into meditation um, a good meditation practice. Mm. Um, and I'm really fortunate. I, you know, I feel really blessed to be able to have these habits over anything that I have in my life is to, having the habit to, to, you know, need not even just want to meditate or, or practice self-hypnosis. I need to go for runs. Yeah. I need to break a sweat. It's, it's not even no longer a want. I don't do any of this for physical good looks or anything it's just all for my mind just to feel like i'm the master of my you know my life yeah that's great all solid tips i love it um how long do you do your self-hypnosis for after lunch is it like a three to five minute or what what's your time frame on that it's about 20 minutes oh, okay yeah yeah it's a good good solid practice and then do you have like a yep. technique that you're using each time? Like what, what really works for you? Um, I lay down in bed mm-hmm. and um, close the blinds and just put the, put the AirPods in and just play it. Um, it is pre-recorded, yeah. And it is it cycles through affirmations twice. So mm-hmm. first time around I hear them and then the second time. Yeah. Um, it's about a five minute. Um, induction i'd say mm-hmm. and until it gets into the suggestions and then it cycles the suggestions again so i think the repetition of hearing the suggestions really helps for me too um and i'll listen to the same thing for you know a month which yeah. really seeps in sometimes i fall asleep so i'll call it a, a power nap but you know i'm still listening yeah but i'm sleeping and it's interesting because even when i do doze off a bit i always wake up when the the pre-recorded tape tells me to wake up mm-hmm. which is phenomenal that means i'm always listening even when i'm sleeping yeah you're in a deep deep trance yes i think that's a really important point for the listeners to bring up which is that one of the principles of hypnosis is that repetition is key so a lot of times people might go to hypnotherapists and expect to be like magically transformed after one session which can occasionally happen for some people. Can happen. Yep. Absolutely. That's not the norm. The norm is that, you know, practice, you know, practice makes perfect for lack of a better, <laughs> lack of a better phrase. But um, yeah, repetition is key. 
So, well, thank you for sharing your practice. Um, I do know that you are very busy today and that you are on your computer a lot for work. So I so appreciate you taking the time out today, but I, I um, would like to ask you one more question if you, well, two, if you have the time. Yeah, of course. Um, so do you have any um, favorite resources such as books, films, television, or any other art form that you, that really speaks to you that you think it would be beneficial to share with other people? Um, that's a good question. I mean, I think walking or running, um, I would say running, but not everybody can run, um, just for, you know, various reasons, mm -hmm. uh, maybe physical, you know, you know, not everybody likes to run either, but, um, walking, if you can walk or run, just getting out there, no music, no AirPods, just listen to the streets, listen to your mind. I feel like that's one of the best resources for me just to to either clear my head or come up with ideas. Um, I would say that's number one for sure. Okay. I know it's not a TV show or a book, no. but sometimes it's good to escape content and just get into the world, right? Yeah, absolutely. I 100% agree. I mean, yourself as art, yourself as experiencing this brief moment that we have as humans on this planet flying through outer space. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, if you could create a PSA of any kind, whether that would be like a 30 second commercial or, uh, you know, a billboard or just, a, you know, email that got sent out to the whole world, what would a, a brief but poignant message be that you would like everybody to know? Yeah, um, well, I guess uh, something that's been really been resonating in my head is, I guess, after reading a lot of um, absurdist books and over the pandemic existentialist books is I guess the phrase of you know a big billboard or maybe even an ad that pops up on everybody's phone whatever social media after using or maybe it's a mailer but it says just simply nothing matters and everything is fine um, that really resonates with me I, I want everybody to read that and understand that um, you know, we, we build up all of these meanings and purposes in our head, but at the end of the day, nothing really matters and everything is fine. Uh, and if you can, if you can feel good about that, at the end of the day, you know, you pass away millions of years now when what we know of civilization is no longer a thing, mm -hmm. you know, what happens today, what happened yesterday doesn't really matter. And knowing that you're fine is is always going to be a thing that I'll think of and I hope that everybody can think of at some point too. Absolutely. That in itself would be an amazing mantra or affirmation. I really like it. Does that come from, are you studying stoicism at all? Yes. Yeah. I'm the deep into stoicism. Okay. It's transitioned to um, optimistic existentialism now. So okay. there's a lot of Albert Camus and, you know, the other existentialists writers of the times back then. Um, but yeah, you know, the pandemic makes you really um, rethink your philosophical values, that's for sure. Yes, absolutely. And um, I really like that you're timing your, your four-year plan into one year during a pandemic. It makes a lot of sense. And, uh, you know, 
becoming a student of your own mind during this time. I mean, there's no better time in human history, really. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, um, I so appreciate you being here and we will have um, any links to social media or any of your experimental films or anything that you would like to share with us, I can include in the show notes. So if anybody is curious about what Francis has been working on, um, that will all be in the show notes. So be sure to check that out. And thank you so much awesome. for being here today. I appreciate it. Thank you. We are supported by Human Dreaming, the dynamics of dream interpretation by Sunshine Press. The Human Dreaming book can be purchased on Amazon.com, the Barnes & Noble website, or through your local bookstore. For dream share or help with interpretation, please join us at the Human Dreaming Facebook group. You can also find us on Instagram at human underscore dreaming. Thank you for listening and subscribing, and please join us again next week.